I, I feel an expectation tonight. We got a little bit of a break last night, but tonight we're going right back into the river of God. We're like, we're like, get your tubes on. We're going right in there. And I just, I just feel the Holy Spirit wants to mark some of you tonight. Because too long, some of you have just been disqualifying yourself. You've been seeing this whole week, and you watch Jonah preach, and you watch Frenchie preach, and you go, I could never do anything like that. Some of you, you watch Ethan get up there and lead out games, and you see how your counselors lead with such confidence as they open the word and lead you through your small groups, and you just begin to think to yourself, there's no way I could do anything like that. You know what I'm so grateful for tonight? Is that God doesn't just call gifted people. He calls submitted people. He calls yielded ones. So you're looking at the person who's the extrovert and you're saying, wow, they must be the one that God is calling. But I've seen time and time again, it's the quiet, timid one in the back that's just saying, God, would you use me? God, would you just use little old me? I've got nothing to offer but two loaves and some fishes. Would you just come and would you work through me? For some of you, you've disqualified yourself for way too long. Tonight it ends. Tonight it ends because I know when the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes on the believer, crazy things begin to break out. You find Paul's, you find Peter's shadows begin to heal people. You find David's, they become kings. You find Elijah's and Elisha's, they stand before other prophets of Baal and they laugh at them. Because our God is greater than any other God. Our God is greater than your disqualifications tonight. And I believe the anointing of the Holy Spirit is going to come on you so strongly tonight. That you're going to be able to go back to your schools. How many of you have ever watched the Chronicles of Narnia? This is what I'm going to open with tonight because this is the picture that I saw. This is what I see for some of you. You feel like Lucy. Little Lucy. You guys know little Lucy? She's the smallest. She's the cutest. She's the most timid. When Santa Claus comes and brings the gifts, she's just so expectant. And she's, she's got that childlike faith. But she's not like, what is it, Edward or Edmund? Sorry. I think he, I, I, never mind. It <laughs> doesn't matter. Do you remember when I did that in high school? We did it together. Weren't you Aslan? You were Edmund. I was Peter. We did a play together, Jonah and I, in senior year of high school. You, you guys, if you, if you, you're going to get to know some other sides of me when Jonah's around. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun getting to run with your best friends. But she's not the, the strong, valiant one like her sister. She's not the bold and courageous like her brothers. She's small and timid, but she has a love for Aslan unlike her brothers and sisters. And there's the moment that Aslan passes away, and she has this moment. She's so sad, and I remember this, this scene. It's, it's the scene. Anytime I begin to get insecure, I just picture myself as little Lucy. And I, I'm, I'm not going to get it perfectly. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but there's this giant river in the middle, and there's the wars, and they're battling, and you see little old Lucy. She just begins to walk up on the bridge. Confidence has got a hold of her. And you're like, man, where did the confidence 
come on, this little, small, like timid, shy girl. And as she begins to walk closer and closer, you see the armies begin to look and laugh. And then something begins to change in their facial expressions. Why? Because the lion of the tribe of Judah, Aslan, comes behind her. She walks into confidence not because of her gifting, but because who's behind her? Because who's got her back? I want to tell you, young person, tonight that the Holy Spirit's got your back. I want to thank this side for hearing me. I want to tell you this side. The Holy Spirit's got your back. So I'm going to preach a message tonight about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And what happens, young person, when you begin to walk in submission to God and you allow him to use him for your glory. And you wash away, you lay down all of your disqualifications and you pick up the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And there's things that you could do that are outside of your qualifications. They're outside of your gifting. They're even outside of your personality. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, nothing becomes impossible. So I want to read some scripture tonight. Can we do that? I want to get straight into the Bible. We're going to read about when Samuel comes into town and anoints David as king. So if you got your Bibles, do you got your Bibles? I felt so convicted when Andy was speaking that I had to bring my paper Bible tonight. So, so we're going we're gonna to open this up. I want you to go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Let me know when you're there. We're going to stay. Okay, I heard one person. Okay, put your Bible in the air when you're there. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. You phone people are cheaters. That's all I'm saying. Sorry, Frenchie. <laughs> okay, we're at Psalm. We're, uh, sorry, Psalm. That's the other David. David's writings. Okay, 1 Samuel 16. We've got this story. As you guys know, that a little bit of this story in Samuel had anointed. Israel wanted a king, so... God calls Samuel to anoint Saul as king. And Saul ended up being disobedient to what God had asked him for, so God had turned his back on Saul. And he began to speak to Samuel, telling him that he was going to anoint another king. So Samuel's like a little bit scared. He has this moment. God, he says, I want you to go to the house of Jesse. I want you to fill your uh, ram's horn with oil. I want you to go to the house of Jesse, and I want you to anoint one of his sons king. Seems like a simple job, right? Well, Samuel's a little bit scared. Man, what if Saul found out that he was about to go do this? He's like, well, go tell him you're, gonna, you're, you're doing a sacrifice. It wouldn't be weird, a prophet like yourself, to go and do a sacrifice. So he brings an animal with him so he can do sacrifice. And he gets to Jesse's house, and one thing we have to understand about the context of the moment, we need to understand who Samuel was. Samuel would have been the biggest spiritual leader of his day, but not only a spiritual leader, he would have been the biggest political commentator of his day. He was known by kings, he was revered by kings, and he was revered by religious leaders. One of the most respected people on the earth and in the nation. And so they find themselves as this small little town in Jesse's town. And, and, and Samuel begins to come into the town. Could you imagine if like the Pope 
came into your town. Anybody from like a small town? Like under, under 2,000 people? Okay. Think about if the Pope came to your town. I'd be like, or the president came to your town. Would that be pretty weird? Like everyone, like I don't care where you lean politically, where you lean religiously, you're going to be like, I'm going out to go see the Pope. I'm going out to see the president. Because everyone wants to see the most famous man. And so they go out there and Samuel tells Jesse that he's there to do sacrifice. So he says, go and consecrate yourself before the Lord. And bring all your sons and we're going to sacrifice together. We're going to worship the Lord. And so uh, they all consecrate themselves and Jesse brings all his sons. As Samuel told him to bring all his sons, so Jesse brings his sons. We find ourselves in this moment. Invite. Sorry, I'm finding my place. Here we go. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab, this is verse 6, and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons that you have? Well, they're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's just out there tending the sheep. Come on, there's keys in here if you'll catch it. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. We're going to just pause there for a moment. So, Samuel tells Jesse, bring all your sons. Well, Jesse had eight sons. But he only thought seven were worthy to to come to the party of the century. And there's little old David... He's out there, he's tending the sheep. He's doing the medial task. He's just, he's just doing the things that are asked of him. He's just serving and he's out there. He's singing to the Lord. He's writing psalms. He's just enjoying the presence of God, not worried about what's happening in his city. He's enjoying God. You see, young person, sometimes we feel in the, in the influence age, in the social media age, we feel we have to market ourselves into anointing. I want to tell you right now that you do not need to market yourself into anointing. Well, I got 50,000 Instagram followers. I don't care. God can use someone with one. God can use someone with no social media presence. And if you just find yourself tending the sheep, doing the medial task, you don't have to market yourself. You'll have to know that God will send Samuels to you. And he'll market before heaven saying, that's my one. He's not worried about the appearance. 
He's not worried about you having the, the, the most perfect look, the most, you know, like I, I feel like, you know, the first son probably looked a little bit like Felipe. I look at Felipe, he's, stand up Felipe, you got the, or Toretto, Toretto, where are you at? I know Toretto likes to do it. Where Toretto, where are you at? Probably looks something like Toretto. Yeah, there he is. There, what was he doing last night? God can still use you, Toretto. But we think that God can only use someone that looks a certain way, that comes from a certain family background, that has a certain amount of money in their bank account. God's not concerned with the money that's in your bank account. He's not concerned about your parents' divorce. He's not concerned about your broken family. He says, no, I have a history of using broken people. And when my anointing comes on them, it heals all things. And I'm the one that qualifies them. I'm the one that gives them the power. I'm the one that moves through them. Not because you're gifted. Not because you're good looking. Not because you're tall. Not because you have what Instagram says is the perfect body. And this self-hatred thing wants to take a generation out. When God says, I've made you, I've fearfully and wonderfully made you. My thoughts for you are more numerous than the sand on the seashore. Would you get it? It's not about what man looks at. Stop getting distracted by what Instagram tells you is success. I want to meet God in the field. I want to meet God tending sheep. Man, I need help. I'm trying to preach. I gotta have a sip of tea. Some of us are so concerned about what our leaders think about us. I'm preaching to myself, man. We're so concerned about what our friends think about us. Some of you, you've just been waiting for Jonah, Felipe, me, Esther, one of your leaders this week, Frenchie, you've just been waiting. Notice me, notice me, notice me, notice me, notice me. Who cares if we notice you? You've got heaven's attention right now. He's a thought away. He's a thought away. And you're so concerned about getting Frenchie to pray for you. When you can have the... The, the, the God of angel armies right there in a moment. Samuel was the most anointed man of his day, and he didn't even see it. We put way too much weight on what leaders think about us. We put way too much weight in trying to get leaders' attention when it's not them who anoint you. Leaders don't anoint you. God anoints you. Your friends don't anoint you. Influencers on Instagram don't anoint you. Thank you. I really need that help tonight. Is it okay we just go at a different pace tonight? God sees what no one else is seeing. He sees what no one else is seeing. 
where you're saying, man, if I just do all the right things, if I just present myself a certain way, if I dress a certain way, if I put the right shoes on, if I say this like Frenchie said it, then maybe, oh, that, when Frenchie said this, and he was wearing this, and, and he pointed his finger like this, that person fell out in the power of God. So if I could just replicate that moment, then maybe I too can do what Frenchie did. And, and, and we begin to think that the anointing is like a genie bottle. And if I just rub it the right way, then maybe I'll get my three wishes. That maybe if I, if I dress like the preacher I look up to, then maybe I'll walk in his anointing. I don't, walk in, I don't want to walk in another preacher's anointing. I want to walk in God's anointing. God does not need help finding his David's. He doesn't need help. He sends his Samuels that can go to that little small town, the middle of nowhere. How could God use anyone from that place? How could God use anyone from that small little town, that little shepherd boy, the, the one it seems so disqualified? He was the youngest. There's, why, why, would, why would we invite David to the party? He's the youngest. He's, he's the most disqualified. He should be out there tending the sheep and serving us. He doesn't need to be here at the party. And God's saying, no, no, I want the radical servant. I, I, I want the one who's burning before me when no one else is looking, no one else is watching. Young person, if you want the anointing, you want God to move in your family, you want God to move in your high school, you want God to move in your city, guess what? The secret is not loud preaching, loud prayer. The secret is getting into your room, closing the door, and seeking your God who's in secret. That's the secret to the anointing. Anointing is purchased in the field of intimacy. Do you catch that? Anointing is purchased in the field of intimacy. David was not concerned. He was just serving. He was doing what was asked of him. He wasn't trying to position himself. Stop trying to position yourself for a touch from heaven. Just love him. Just love him. Just love him. Just give him, what he, give him what he's worth. Just love him. And I promise you, his eyes turn on you and anointing flows from that place. Not use me, use me, use me, use me, use me, use me. No, my prayer is love me, love me, love me, love me, love me. I love you, 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 I love you. And the byproduct is that love begins to spill out everywhere that I go. And I'm not trying to muster up, well, this is what an all-star Christian looks like. No, it's I'm in love with Jesus, and I want everyone to know around me. And I found him in the field. And you got to meet the man that I found in the field. Can I share a little bit of my personal story in this? So I came from a broken family. My parents divorced when I was two years old. I just found out about a year ago that my dad had cheated on my mom. That's why they got divorced. I grew up, my parents tried to do the co-parenting thing. My, my schedule was Monday and Tuesday, I'd be with my mom. Wednesday and Thursday, I'd have to drive 25 minutes to my dad's house. I'd be with my Friday, uh, I'd be with my mom on Fridays except for the last Friday of every month, and then I would switch off every other weekend. A little complicated, huh? 
just think like 10 years old, 12 years old, you're just like being tugged back and forth, back and forth. And I remember when I was, uh, my brother was the one who introduced me to drugs. I had a pornography addiction by the time I was 12. Started smoking pot by the time I was 13. I became the, the like pot selling guy at my high school. That's when I met Jonah, not because I was selling him pot, <laughs> but because he was born again and he knew who I was in my high school and he began to tell me every day, hey, I love you and God loves you. I love you and God loves you. I was broken. I hated Christians. I grew up in a private Christian school and all I ever saw was hypocrites. All I, all I ever saw was people who said one thing and yet did another thing. And then I meet this burning one. And he started talking like I'd never heard a Christian talk before. And I thought, man, this might be a little bit different. I ended up getting diagnosed with clinical depression. And I start hearing voices inside of my head. They start telling me I transitioned out of that private school, was going to the public school where I met Jonah. And as I'm in counseling, these voices begin to tell me, go back to that private school, go back to that private school, go back to that private school. So I ended up making this decision with my family. I was failing out of high school. I remember I sat down with my biology teacher after we had just done a thing that I had failed. And he sits me down in his back room and he says, Jeff, if you don't get it right, you're going to have no future. That's what my teachers thought about me. That's what my friends thought about me. My future was just selling dope. Like that was my future. So I make this transition back to this private school and Jonah happens to make the same transition the same year. Stalked me. It's supposed to be a restraining order, but he's here. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And I remember uh, we had a, an atheist in our, in our private Christian high school. Yeah, they exist there. They hide out there. You guys know what an atheist is? Like someone that just doesn't believe in anything. So we had this one atheist, and he would, he would tell me, he'd be like, I, I remember one time we were, I was like, Jonah was my best friend. He was literally, I'll tell you this about Jonah, he would never tell you uh, this about himself, but he was actually invited by our principal to bring a move of God to our school. That's why he, they brought him in on a full scholarship just so he'd bring a move of God to our school. And so he, he I was like, well, he's the only guy that I know, so I'm, I, he's the all-star Christian, so I'm like, well, I'll, I'll try to be the all-star Christian. Like, that sounds fun. But these are private school kids. So they got maybe a little bit more money. So I'm thinking business opportunity. So Friday chapels, man, I was there. Jesus, I love you up in the front. God, and then I'd go to my friend's Mercedes Benz, get in his car and give him a couple dime bags. And then I'd go back, hang out with Jonah. Oh, Jesus, I love you so much, so much. Get my buddy's Cadillac, make sure he had, you know, sell him some drugs, do, the, do a little deal. Like that was my life. One foot in, one foot out. Until I come up against this atheist one day in a small group that we had. So it was required. We're all talking about fantasy football, something like that, that teenage boys talk about. And he looks at me and he says, Jeff, you're the fakest thing I've ever seen in my life. Guess what? He was right. And in that moment, the fear of the Lord comes over me and I feel, I hear God's voice. He says to me, he says, Jeff, if, you take on, if you're going to take on my name, you need to act like it. 
Because our family has a way of living. And I go home and I give my life to the Lord. But it wasn't all perfect for me. I was still struggling with pornography. I was still struggling with some of these different things. I barely knew how to read my Bible. And I was so insecure about my faith because I was around Jonah, who was the all-star Christian. And I'm like, man, well, my faith doesn't look like that, so do I really even have a faith? And then I remember June 15th, 2011. It's Jonah's birthday. July. <laughs> Guys, it is, it is Thursday of camp, okay? My facts are a little bit jumbled. It was July 15th, 2011, and I call up Jonah, and I'm like, bro, it's your birthday. What do you want to do? Let's celebrate. He's like, I'm like, what do you want to do to celebrate? He's like, I want to go to church. I'm like, <laughs> See, I, I said, what do you want to do to celebrate? He's like, yeah, I want to go to this church. And it was this church called First Love in Gig Harbor, Washington, pastored by a guy named Cedric Van Dune. It's a South African missionary moved to America to plant a church. Come on. Anybody from Tacoma, Washington? Let's go represent 253. They know what it means. You don't have to know what it means. It's okay. And I find myself at this church service. And I watch as this pastor, as we walk in late, because we often did as we had make sure we had our Starbucks double shots. We walk in late, and the pastor is about to start his altar call. <laughs> we're really late. It was a Pentecostal church. You know, worship was long, too. We were really late. And this pastor gives an altar call. He says, if you're a young person in this room and you want to experience the power of God, I want you to come up here right now. And I don't remember. I just felt like, I just felt pulled up there. I'm up there at the front like, and you got to understand my upbringing. I, I grew up in like an evangelical church. We didn't, we didn't really, Holy Spirit was like for one night, it was a 6.30 service. And we'd always bring in a, like an African evangelist. And uh, I remember the guy we'd bring in, his name was Jackson Senyanga. You remember him, Jones? And it would just be like for hours, this guy would just go, fire, fire. And it was like all the old Pentecostal ladies at our church would come out and just fall out under the power of God. Like they'd come in and they're like walkers, you know. They'd fall out under the power of God. And we're like, oh, my God, she's not going to live. <laughs> Sometimes the anointing's a little too much. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's all I knew about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that it was an everyday thing. I didn't know that powerless Christianity wasn't Christianity at all. And so I'm sitting here in this row of young people, and there's my friend Jonah, and then there's our friend August. And they're really sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So this guy starts laying hands on people, and I, I see people start to encounter God in a way that I'd never seen before. And I remember telling God, if that thing happens to me, I'm out. Jonah over there. And I'm just like, Lord, I made a deal, okay? Some of y'all made those, some of those deals this week. And I remember the pastor, he gets up to me, puts his hand on me, and all I, all I remember is I just begin to tremble under the power of God. I didn't know what was going on. I, I, like, I, could, I couldn't make this stuff up. It was my, the first time I'd ever experienced anything like it. And my body just begins to tremble. And then all I remember is being on the floor, and it felt like every bit of darkness began to come out of me. 
I don't know how, I mean, I wish I had better words. I wish, I wish I had like the highlight reel. I could show you the moment. But all I can remember is I got up from that moment a completely new person. And I'm, I'm, I get up from the moment, and some of, some of you, like Tuesday, and, you know, you're like, oh, that was a weird moment. And I, I remember getting up from the moment, and, and I don't know what type of church background you come from, but Pentecostal churches, you know, like, like real, real Pentecostal churches, there's always that one guy who wears a suit every Sunday. And, and calls everyone brother and sister. Like, oh, yeah, that's Sister Sally. That's, that's Brother Robbie over there. Yeah, we love him. And this guy comes up to me and goes, brother? And he's got a southern accent, but he's from the northwest. Like, like, like real, real Pentecostal. And he prays for me for the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And all I remember, young person, all I remember is it felt like liquid love. Just says Brother Robert out on me. We love him. And this guy comes up to me and goes, brother? And he's got a southern accent, but he's from the northwest. Like, like, like real, real Pentecostal. And he prays for me for the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And all I remember, young person, all I remember is it felt like liquid love just began to be poured out on me. And it wasn't something that I needed to make up. It wasn't something that I needed to produce a moment. No, it was God just coming on my cell. He just, he just so in his presence just came upon me. And I remember coming up from the moment, I can picture it now, I remember coming up from the moment feeling like I could do anything. Like it's like all the fear began to leave. Everything that I'd ever tried to disqualify myself from, it's like it no longer mattered. I was like Aslan was behind me. I was Lucy and you couldn't stop me. How could God use someone like me, someone that came from my broken situation? I'll tell you, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Young person, you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to wake up without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I don't, want to, I don't want to brush my teeth without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to read my Bible without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to date without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to go to school without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need the anointing. Man, I'm really trying here, guys. This microphone, I need help. T. Are you guys with me? I really hope it's making sense. Okay. Let's keep. Man, I'm really trying. Born of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Let's keep the level of your anointing you. Related to the level and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. The level of your anointing you experience is not related to the level of your gifting, but rather to the level of your submission towards God's will. Did you hear that? The level of, your, the level of anointing you experience is not related to the level of your gifting, but rather the level of your submission that you have towards God's will. 
can we, can we bring up that oil? I don't know if we have it yet. If we get it, just bring it up here just so we're ready. See, here's what I want you to see, young person. What happens immediately after David gets anointed? He finds himself on the battlefield. Oh, I feel this. He finds himself on the battlefield. His brothers are like, what are you doing here? He's like, dad told me to come and bring you some food. Like, no, what are you doing here? Like, this is for, like, trained assassins only, bro. And they're having this moment with this giant named Goliath. Say Goliath. And this, this Goliath, this giant, begins to curse God in front of, in front of God's people. And all these quote-unquote trained assassins are, you go. No, you go. No, no, no. And they're scared. Just put it up here. Just put it up here. Yeah, you can come up here, Titus. Come on. Come on. It's Chloe's husband. No, no, no. And they're scared. Right there. Just put it up here. Just put it up here. Yeah, you can come up here, Titus. Come on. Come on. It's Chloe's husband. Just going to put that right there. David just rolls up. 14, 15. Any 14 or 15-year-olds in the room? So David, he just strolls up, lunchbox in hand, just waiting to, just wanting to serve his brothers. He just came from tending the sheep. Come on, he, he was anointed king over Israel, and he goes back and tends the sheep. There's a lesson for you there. But we'll save that for another time and another message. So David, he strolls up, and he sees this giant, and he's like, what's going on? And all his brothers are like, the, the guy, he just, he's really big. He's really, he's, he's really scary. Like he's a giant. He's 10 feet tall. And David, anointed by the Holy Spirit, says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He looks at that giant. He says, who is mocking the Lord our God? And he's like, I'll take him. Let me at him. Let me at him. I'll take him. Come on, the anointing makes you a little bit crazy. The anointings, you start looking at giants like midgets. You're like, let's go. He looks at that giant. Oh, let me get this guy. He's a 14, 15 years old. Can I get a 14-year-old boy just to stand up right now? Come up here. Come up here. Yeah, come up here. Zach Hallow, are you in the room? Science, like, let's go. He looks at that giant. Let me get this guy. He's a 14, 15 years old. Can I get a 14 year old boy just to stand up right now? Come up here. Come up here. Yeah, come up here. Zach Hallow, are you in the room? Zach. Zach. See in the back? Zach, come up here.
I'm taking Zach. Like, I, like in this battle, I'm taking Zach. But anointed by the Holy Spirit, I'm taking this guy. I'm taking this guy. Right? Thank you, guys. Thank you. So you can see in this moment, like, like no chance. No offense, my guy. No offense. No chance. So Saul begins to clothe him in his, in his he's like, well, you're, if you're going to go up against this guy, you're going to need my sword. You're going you're gonna to need my armor. You're going to need all the things that I got. So he begins to fit him out. And, you know, poor little guy, just he's like, you know, poor David's probably walking around like this in Saul's armor. Like, how are you going to go up against a giant, like trying to swing like a, a sword like this? You know, kind of awkward, right? Because we're trying to operate outside of his anointing. He's trying to operate in someone else's anointing, not his own. A couple people. Band, you can come up here if you want. We're going we're gonna to start closing out because I don't know how much longer I can talk. I'm just anointing. He says, I don't need what you're depending on. I don't need what you're putting your strength in. I've got a few pebbles and almighty God at my back. And so he gets there on the battlefield facing up against this 10-foot giant. We're going to pebble in his little out because I don't know how much longer. He begins to talk. I'm anointing. He says, I don't need what you're depending on. I don't need what you're putting your strength in. I've got a few pebbles and almighty God at my back. And so he gets there on the battlefield facing up against this 10-foot giant. And he puts a pebble in his little sling. And he begins to swing, swing. Swing, swing. <laughs> Hits Goliath. <laughs> Falls to the ground. And he goes up to Goliath. And he grabs a hit Goliath's sword. And he cuts off his head. Young person, there's some Goliaths in the land. There's a Goliath of self-hatred. There's a Goliath of secular humanism that's saying it's all about you. It's all about you. You're your own God. You're your own truth. There's some Goliaths of pornography. There's some Goliaths of lust. There's some Goliaths of suicide. It's going to take some Davids who are anointed by the Holy Spirit who can stand up and say... Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Is there a 14-year-old in this place that wants to look at the, at the Goliath of suicide in their high school and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And tonight... Every disqualification gets left at the altar. It's by his spirit, young person. I want, I want my guys to come up here, Rachel. Yeah, please come up here. Help me. So we got this oil up here. You guys see this? It's just olive oil. I want my guys to come up here, Rachel. Yeah, please come up here. Help me. So we got this oil up here. You guys see this? It's just olive oil. 
bought it at Costco today. <laughs> there's nothing special about what's in this. But there's something special about what this represents. There were three types of people that were anointed throughout the Bible. Can anyone take a guess? Shout it out. Kings, priests, and prophets. What was the role of the king, the priests, and the prophets? They were the ones that would stand between heaven and earth. So that everywhere they go, wherever a king made a decree, it was as if heaven was making a decree. Whenever the prophet prophesied, it was as if God was prophesying. Man, I feel this strongly. When it was, when it was the priest and the priest was worshiping to God, it was, it was like instant connection. It was, there was no delay. They could minister the sacraments. They could, they could minister the offering. It was just as if they were standing in the place of God. And we're a holy priesthood. And so when we do, we're going to do something tonight. And what this oil represents to your high school. When you walk into first period, heaven's walking into first period. We can't see what we want to see without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so when we do, we're going to do something tonight. And what this oil represents to your high school. When you walk into first period, heaven's walking into first period. We can't see what we want to see without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Move the chairs, move the chairs. Listen to me, young person. Listen to me. It is not about just having a powerful encounter with God and then doing nothing. We can't leave camp and just forget about everything that happened here. You need to go in power. You need to go in anointing. You need to go in authority. You need to go like David. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine trying to come against my high school? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine trying to come against my family? So tonight, here's what we're going to do. Oh, Jesus, help us. Here's what we're going to do. I believe we're going to have a moment tonight. It's going to be unlike any night we've had yet. We've got these things of oil, and I've, I've invited some of my friends up here, my wife. Ladies, you heard from her today. That everywhere you go, he goes. And then this is a reminder that you can't disqualify what he calls. You didn't hear me. Some of my can't disqualify wife. Lady, heard from her today. That everywhere you go, he goes. And then this is a reminder 
that you can't disqualify what he calls. You didn't hear me. Kiva, you can't disqualify what he calls. I'm worthless. I, I, don't, I don't have what it takes. I'm timid. Moses was timid. He couldn't speak, but he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And you know what that means? He's a deliverer of Israel. Come on. Come on. We can't believe these medial lies anymore. We can't le believe this anymore. There's a generation longing for anointed ones, longing for Christos, ones that have been smeared by oil, ones that will say, I'll stand in the gap for you. I'll stand in the gap between heaven and earth, and I'll bring it down. So here's what we're going to do. I just want you to just speak in. I don't have any more of a voice. I just want you to speak in to worship God. This is going to be unlike any night we've had. There's a raw presence, and God's going to begin to mark some of you. He's going to begin to baptize you, some of you in the Holy Spirit and fire. But what we're going to do, I want you just all just to close your eyes. It's not, tonight's not the night to look to your neighbor. Tonight's not the night to pray for your friend. Tonight's the night to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do is we're just going to begin to walk around. If you could, just try to make room. Make some walking path so we can get in. We want to anoint everyone that wants to be anointed tonight. I'm, I'm going to facilitate this moment a little bit better. I want everyone to stand up. Sorry. And band, I don't want to hype this moment up, okay? Like, no hype. No hype. Like, and, and young person, look at me. No hype in this moment. I, 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 the fear of the... I'm going to facilitate this one stick a little bit better. I want everyone to stand up. Sorry. And band, I don't want to hype this moment up, okay? Like, no hype. No hype. Like, and, and young person, look at me. No hype in this moment. I just, I have the fear of the Lord that, the, that he just wants to come and anoint you. It's a moment for you. It's a moment for you. So the band's just going to begin to sing with us and just lead us into some worship. But I want you to just begin to cry out asking for God's anointing. Remember, you're not waiting for Jonah to come pray for you tonight. It's not us coming to anoint you. It's God coming to anoint you. He's the baptizer, not us. So just begin to ask him, young person.